Hello and welcome to the podcast Planted by Streams of Living Waters. Today we're going to be talking about a generation of hope. Everything that happens in life happens in hope. Psalm 78, 6 and 7 says, So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children Then they would put their trust in God and not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. It's this hope that we have that it's like ignites a flame of of passion in Jesus. And I've been thinking about what it is to be a good disciple, to be a, a disciple of Jesus and you know, to be a good leader, first you need to be a good follower. And was thinking about who in the Bible was a good follower. And I thought of Elisha. And looking at how Elisha was called in First Kings 19, 19, so Elisha went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. See, when Elijah put this cloak on Elisha, it was like this anointing that that caused this hope, this, whoa, what was that? To hit Elisha and that would cause him to run after Elisha. And you see that before this, there's this time of preparation that happens. So Elisha was ploughing with oxen, it says. He had 12 oxen he was ploughing with. And in our lives, there is a time of preparing our hearts for Jesus. Francis Havergal wrote the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow with ceaseless praise. And even those words, you can almost hear that there is this drawing there is this hunger there is this flame of hope that is lit in this in the author's heart for Jesus that would cause there to be this 
brokenness, this surrendered heart. If we prepare an altar, he will send his fire. Leviticus 9.24 Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. But it was them that brought the, the burnt, they brought the offering and the fire of God came. As we bring our hearts, this has happened first. We bring our hearts, we bring our lives on the altar and then the fire of God comes and then there's this joy, there's this hope. And here in this account of Elijah calling the calling of Elisha where the mantle is it's like he's been plowing in his life he's been and there's been this time of preparation and then this mantle is there and he runs he's this he's never even met Elijah but he runs after him because he knows there's something different there's something on this person's life that he wants in his life too and as we as we love as we prepare our hearts not in a pious way but in leaning on Jesus as we love truth loving truth is so good because it's the truth that sets us free see John 8:32 you know Elisha was willing and something about the power of God that causes there to be this hunger, this hope, this willingness to serve him. Psalm 110.3 says, Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the Jew." There's a freshness about the power of God. There's a freshness about when his Holy Spirit is moving that it causes you, it causes people to want to get on board because that's the nature of the presence of God. And talking about where the flame of passion for for Jesus and the flame of God is lit Martin Luther it's actually his 500 uh year 15 1519 in 1519 500 years ago uh he actually was converted he was a monk already and he had this frustration with the fact that even almost anger towards God because because of this state of of being a sinner and he used to climb stairs up and down doing penance trying he wanted to make himself righteous before God and it wasn't until he found this verse Romans 1 17 in it the righteousness of God is revealed as it is written 
he who through faith is righteous shall live. And so he discovered this. I went through this time in my life where I was really, I didn't realize that the enemy could really attack your mind and tell you that you weren't good enough. I thought that God, God like was so displeased with me and that, you know, I'd really missed the mark and that was it. And it wasn't until I read this verse that it's when you trust Jesus to forgive your sin, that that's where you, you find that you're righteous because you trust Jesus. And when he found this, it changed him. And he had this flame of hope lit in his heart that he was righteous, that he was saved. And we are the same. It's, it's this faith that doesn't need, it just, it's a resting faith. He said, God writes the gospel, not in the Bible alone, but also on trees and in the flowers and clouds and stars. It's a real faith to life thing that he clothes us in his righteousness. Just like Elijah put the mantle on Elisha, this is what God does for us. He clothes us in his righteousness. Also, Martin Luther said, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breath, without breathing. And this is the other part of faith, which is the active faith. And from that flame of hope and passion for Jesus that is lit, we see this willingness and this hunger for God that is just consuming. In 2 Kings 2, we see that after years of Elisha following Elijah and serving Elijah, that Elisha said, Elisha said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. And then he said, he asked him three different times. He said, again, the Lord has sent me to Jericho, stay here. And he said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. He did not want to leave him. He wanted to keep going. And there's something about this, uh, the presence of God and the power of God when it's lit, this hope that it wasn't, it won't fail. It just keeps you going and you keep getting up and going. And the third time he asked him, so much so the hunger hunger for the presence of god 
can overtake you so much so that he said to him that he wanted a double portion of his anointing and that is like quite a a thing to ask but as his as his as the chariot came and his cloak fell down it's like it's like he did he get he did get that double portion of his anointing praise the lord and that's like the inheritance that we have in Christ that everything that Christ has in God he's given to us as well as co-laborers praise the lord and thinking about this cloak and this this mantle this anointing if you ever seen Narnia which is one of my favorite movies by C.S. Lewis and Lucy they're playing they're they're playing hide and seek and she hides in this wardrobe and she kind of gets to the back of the wardrobe but then it's not the back of the wardrobe and then it kind of starts to get cold and there's all these jackets and then like she puts on one of the jackets and she she enters into this other world where it's it's very cold and there's snow and but it's like that that jacket that it's kind of like that's preparation and that's like in our lives that as we as we're we're doing life with with those that we we aspire to those that are wise those that are, that have um those that are have anointing that we will grow into the fullness of all that God has for each of our lives amen and this preparation also the was thinking about the Moravian revival which happened in 1727 and um in May of 1727 there was uh there was this group of Moravian people in the village of Hernhut and there was these doctrinal differences at the time that were causing disunity, you know. And in May, the community came to, together as a like to emphasize what they agreed on, and focusing on these things. And you know, I feel so blessed that you know we 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 can't take it for granted. We have such an incredible unity and it's like this focus. And, and then as well, they had this focus that they were going to focus on Jesus because this is what they all agreed on, that Jesus is Lord. And so they focused on this and what followed was this extraordinary time of prayer. And in August, August the, the 13th, it's recorded that there was this communion service where this outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened and God was moving and they were praying and like people, everyone was baptized in the Holy Spirit and there was a great hunger for the word of God. They were having multiple services. I guess, you know, this is happening in our day too. And, but this incredible flood of grace that was happening that people were caught up 
they were caught up in the awareness of of God and and Jesus and seeking after his will and resulting in that is what followed which was there was a congregation that wasn't more than 300 people but they had a round-the-clock prayer meeting for over a hundred years that's a little bit more than hype that is something that is a genuine God is moving there they also sent out missionaries more than than had been in the whole evangelical church for two centuries. <laughs> Just amazing. And, you know, what about us today? You know, it's so exciting that we can know, we can know both this resting faith that we are saved, that we are justified, that we are forgiven, that we are cleansed, that we are walking in all the fullness that God has for us in Christ Jesus. And also there's this active faith, which is this laying our lives on the altar, which is, which is preparing a place that he might come and bring his fire and, and do what only Jesus can do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you that you are moving in lives across our areas. And I just thank you, Jesus, that you are here. And I pray that you would move in a way that we can't, you know, can't even comprehend that you would have your way in every area. Amen. Thank you, Lord.